Okay. Let's make it nasty. Time for the Dave and Dave Radiocast on TuneIn Radio. Are you ready? It's episode 21 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radiocast, where we have special guest Matt Kruger today in the house, alongside top five ranked pro David Fink, yours truly here, Dave Vincent. Stand-up hilarity, celebrity birthdays, a recap of the New Orleans race stop last week, all part of the show today, the Collegiate Nationals, Irish Nationals, and a look toward the USHA Hall of Fame Women's Classic, Master Singles, WPH race stop right here in Tucson, Arizona this next upcoming weekend. Plus, Race for Eight San Francisco, stop number five is in the works. That'll be in late March. And the full handball schedule is on the way. Going to be a two-hour show today, it feels like. Before we get to all that, it's the headlines. It's Splitsville for Jamie Foxx and girlfriend Katie Holmes. Fox told people at post-Oscar parties that he's now single. Katie Holmes claimed that she didn't see that coming. I guess Jamie kept the goodbye letter laying on top of a good Hollywood script. (laughs) The new Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston film, Murder Mystery on Netflix is soon to be released, and insiders hope it gets better reviews than her last Netflix movie, Dumplin'. In fact... Dumplin' was so disappointing that Aniston began dating it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to uh, refer back to our stats. Uh, that needs to be a stat. Let's go back to a stat on that one. Just to, We need to fact check this guy. The first thing R. Kelly did when he got out of jail on Monday was go to McDonald's. Did you read about that? Because even for him, In-N-Out Burger was just too insensitive. (laughs) A Tennessee man has been charged with a felony after he reportedly dipped his testicles into a customer's salsa during a delivery. The customer knew there was something wrong when the driver came early. (laughs) I think that put him at ease. (laughs) A teacher in Colorado was arrested on Wednesday for driving to school drunk, evading cops, and hit and run. Faculty members were growing suspicious of her behavior when they noticed she had the only class with a five-hour nap time. (laughs) In sporting news, formal complaints over Adam Levine's halftime show at the Super Bowl have been filed. Yeah. The charge is for indecent exposure for having his shirt off. I'm not saying that Adam was fully naked or indecent, but his pants were so tight I could almost tell what religion he was. <laughs> has no shame. Check all the boxes. In honesty, the real crime happened to be the final score of that game. Oh, right. <laughs> That's the... Yeah. Right. Clippers broadcast crew jokes about what Robert Tractor Trailers up to these days forgets that he actually passed away in 2011. Eesh. Those comments were so wrong on so many levels that even Jim Beheim felt guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the headlines for today. Here's what's happening, though, in real news. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In the wake of the failed summit between the U.S. and North Korea, the two countries are presenting differing views. 
as to what brought the proceedings to an abrupt end. The president says the talks fell apart over Kim's insistence on full sanctions relief in exchange for partial denuclearization. We couldn't give up all of the sanctions for that. North Korea's foreign minister says that's not so. If the United States removes partial sanctions... Ri Young-ho spoke through a translator. We will permanently and completely dismantle all the nuclear material production facilities in the Nyungbin area. Ri said at a hastily scheduled news conference that the North was also ready to offer a permanent halt to nuclear and intercontinental ballistic missile testing and that that opportunity may not come again. I'm Warren Levinson. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, iTunes, and TuneIn Radio. Oh, yeah, we're back. This is where we dance, Matt. You guys like Wait, J-Lo? Who, who leads? You're listening to episode... How can you not? 21 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and now Patreon. My name is Dave Vincent, alongside Dave Fink, and our special guest, Matthew Kruger. You like Matthew? You like Matt? Hey, whatever comes out, man. M-Dog? <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, Dave, and I know that you are just going up and down that list. You I have it memorized wait. front to back. So excited. The first topic that we said that we were going to talk about today is uh, Lucho. Yeah. Right? I mean, Luis Cordova winning another race stop. He now has two wins, and his brother Daniel won. Lucho's got the most race wins of anyone this season. I mean, would you have thought that before the season started? We know he's always (laughs) kind of on the rise, but now he's got two wins and five starts. That's more than Killian, more than Sean, more than Danos. Right. Only guy on tour with two wins. And he seems to do it with these amazing tiebreaker wins. He just wins tiebreakers. The only tiebreaker he's lost this season was against Sean in... Tucson, and those of us watching thought, wow, he got hosed a little bit there at yeah, the end. Yeah, he could have won that. Could In have fact, won that. I even heard before, the scuttle before that tournament was that he had a bad knee and he wasn't playing good. And, right. you know, sore, his shoulder hurt, his knee was aching. I thought, well, I'm writing him off. Well, those rumors were sort of dispelled against Emmett. He just took Emmett apart in the quarterfinals, four and four, and you just thought, wow, this guy is, he could win every stop this year. And then he ends up losing to Sean. He remember he led fourteen ten that first game against Sean loses sixteen fourteen he mm. dominates the second game fifteen to five oh yeah yeah so I mean the match could have been over there and then he falls behind the tiebreaker he battles back eleven to thirteen and there's that avoidable call and then whatever happened happened he ended up losing that match took third but he's made it to at least the semifinals of every stop this season and actually, it took him seven years to make a semifinal he actually jumped over his brother right. in the rankings because of that win. And, and now the, he's leveraged himself to potentially go up there and and vie for first place or at least second place here at the season-ending stats at the Players' Championship. Well, not that that really impacted the seedings for the upcoming Tucson stop, which I know we're going to talk about, but they will be playing in the semifinals. And that's the first time they'll ever meet in the main draw semifinals. They've only met in the main draw once. That was in the finals in Atlanta. So if the seeds hold true, and there's going to be some great matches in Tucson. I know we can't wait to talk about that. Definitely. But what about Vic Perez and his showing there at NOLA? Vic Perez was down match point against Marcos Chavez in the quarterfinals. Now you're thinking, this is over. Marcos has a setup with his right hand off the back wall. Now I'm not talking about a setup that comes all the way out to the short line, but the kind that Marcos usually puts away. He leaves it about a foot high. Vic runs it down. Long rally. Marcos can't get over the hump. Loses that match 15-12. to 12. That had huge ranking implications. Because of that win, Vic jumps into the top five for the first time. Marcos would have solidified his spot in the Elite Eight, at least going into Salt Lake City. Now, not getting those points there opens the door for Mondo Ortiz, who will be playing in Tucson. Mondo could 
I think jump over Marcos yeah, in could. Tucson. But, you know, Mondo's got an interesting draw in Tucson, which we'll talk about. But he definitely has the game to make the final at least. Do you think it's fair now to say that when you talk about Vic Perez and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is he's the best doubles player on the planet, is it safe to say and give him credit for his work in singles? Well, how can he not? He's, he's I number think, five right now. You know, Matt and I were talking about this and you, Dave, off air, but I think Vic Perez might be the fittest guy on the tour right now. He, uh, We probably mentioned this, but he won the all-around LAAC athletic agility competition, beat pro athletes, pro yeah. basketball players, pro football players, all the athletes they had there in this agility competition, endurance test. So I've never seen Vic wear down in a tournament playing singles, doubles, pro-am doubles. He just seems to always be fit, and his ranking just keeps climbing. You know, you talk to Vic, the biggest accomplishment for him was in 2012. He he finally qualified. It took him years. Yeah. And then now look at him. He's He worked his way into that Elite Eight. First time in 2016, he jumped in there. He stayed in there. Now he's number five. I like what Matt said, and I was eavesdropping when this happened because, you know, I was painting my nails as we were getting ready for <laughs> the show. And you said uh, Coleman McGrath as being one of the most fittest players in handball, and I don't disagree with that. I actually think that's a pretty good guesstimate because the kid is, I guess, just a workaholic when it comes to rowing, right. which is just an amazing uh, thing that you can do to your body, right? I mean, right. What? He's he's a, I mean, obviously, uh, being in the UC system, UC Santa Barbara, on their rowing team, um, it's uh, it's an elite program, and if if you're in that um you're you're constantly working you're 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 a workhorse in a team and so when he's uh he, he he did mention when he's done with that he goes in a handball court and plays until his gloves get wet that's you know the knock on coleman and i don't mean to stray from from uh vic perez the knock on coleman is that he doesn't play enough handball but and you're and, saying that he does I'd say he gets handball in. He could okay. he could get better, um, you know, competition, better matches, better training partners. Well, Coleman but, is on my radar as a 2024 race freight number one. That's, I've said that. If if he gets, like I said, if he gets a you know good training partner, some some better matches in, that's that's an easy prediction. But aren't now you sure? Aren't you sure that you know the reason why his gloves are wet? Wasn't because of the rowing. <laughs> you know, I did not ask her ask him to clarify that. I just, I'm just guessing. Maybe that they. I'm not great on the geography in California, but Santa Barbara seems pretty close to get down there and play the LAC group. No, it's you know it's a it's a it's jump. a bit of a haul. A little bit of a jump. Hour skip. Yeah, yeah. Okay. hour with hours. no traffic. Oh, maybe. Hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's gonna be a tough one. If you drive there at three in the morning. You can get yeah. there in an hour. Sure. Okay. 45 minutes. Some of the um, uh, TGOP of James Coronado's youth group, some of those uh, kids that have graduated out of that program, uh, he's he's played, he's met up with those kids. Um, so, you know, that's that's helped uh, being on site there. and well, um, But, you know, ultimately getting that elite, you know, practice. A guy like Vic Perez. And who, yeah. you know, I was, I'm, I'm watching him. Who's, whose style do you think he... Who does he remind you of? Aaron Garner. I would say yes, Aaron Garner to a large degree. But getting back to Coleman, now we're circling around mm -hmm. Vic and Coleman. Mm -hmm. But I played Coleman in Portland, and I did notice some things that he's going to need to do 
to improve. Now, I'm not going to sit here and dissect his game. But if he makes a few small changes and gets in this elite competition weekly. Well, he's listening to this, so just go ahead and say with air really quick. Well, he's got such great power, but he doesn't use it. You know, I saw him. He hits a lot of soft serves. He doesn't shoot the ball enough. And with an arm like he has, I mean, particularly his right, but also a very good left, I think he needs to play more aggressively and put the pressure on more as opposed to wrapping the ball around and going to the ceiling and lobbing the serve in. To me, he's taking a lot of pressure off of an opponent by doing that when he should be applying pressure on virtually every shot. Okay, completely circling back around back to, to the original. No, back oh. to the New Orleans game. Oh, okay. Let's move past Vic really quickly okay. and go over to the guy that won the senior event in mm. Dave Fink. Speaking of fit players. I, see, I think, Dave, I think you are probably right there in the top three most fittest players in the sport. Killian Carroll has to be on that list. Amazing I mean, Killian. The Definitely. guy is going crazy. Yeah. Not just diving, but I mean, in order to keep up with a guy like Sean Lenning. And, right. I mean, what can you say? But anyway, back to you. Congratulations on that win. You completely yes. dominated Marco Chavez there to win that title. And this is now two in a row, I believe, against Marcos. Right. Which is good because you have kind of gone back and forth with him you know, a couple times leading up to that. Yeah, he beat me in Salt Lake City in a very close match in the final. So, and then he beat me again in Atlanta in the playoffs. Right. So that was two in a row, and then I got him in Tucson and in New Orleans. Yeah, that cost me. That cost me $500. That's it. Yeah. I thought you had more hmm. confidence in Marcos than that. No, I'm not talking about when you beat him. I'm talking about the one when you. Oh. Salt Lake City. No, no, I said if you beat Dave, I'll give you $500. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oops. Ah, okay. <laughs> I think you're looking at it wrong. Yeah, I had it all backwards. Okay. But anyway, congratulations on you. Now, you've won, I believe this is three in a row, senior event. No, four out of five. Four I out lost of five. The, okay. the middle one, in right. Salt Lake City, up 22 to 18 in that one game final to 25. And but in fairness, leading it. into that tournament, your back was bad and you were cramping and it. You couldn't even work out until about a week before the event. Now, you're a guy that works out every single day, three or four times a day, switching sports uh, from golf to tennis to handball to running. I've seen you do it all because we live in the same neighborhood. Now I have a telescope. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if that drone is yours, too. That hovers above my house. Yeah, I just need to check. I I had a feeling that was yours. Yeah. So you definitely know what I'm doing. I know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. But anyway... Well, Marco's played well there. He beat me. I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't beat you in NOLA. So no. that gives yeah. you a solid number one ranking there in the 40-plus. Right. But I want that belt. Anybody going to be rolling out those championship belts in Salt Lake City, and I really want that belt. So so any anybody who you're kind of looking over your shoulder in that division now, other than Marco's? Well, I'd love to play George Garcia again because we had a very close match in Salt Lake City, and that was only the second time we played. And believe it or not, the first time we played was 25 years ago in the 15 and under. And I beat him 11-9 in the tiebreaker. Hmm. I think it was in Denver. So both times we've played, it's been very close. But I'm looking forward to playing him again. You know, I, we just haven't matched up. I thought I think we were going to match up in Tucson in November, but he lost to El Senor Canales. Ah. Man. So we didn't have that matchup, but yeah, it'd be fun to play him. And there's a lot of good 40 and over guys out there that, you know, maybe either haven't played yet this season or uh, they have played and we haven't matched up. Tyler Hamill, Danny Bell, Gavin Buggy. There's some good guys out there. Right, Dave? Wow. 
Dave Vincent. That's true. <laughs> Can't get you on the court, though. That's why I excluded you. You gave a big award out to Bob Kaluta there in New great. Orleans. The, yeah. the Lifetime Achievement, Achievement Award yes. of some sort, a... What was it, a cheerleader? What, what is it? I don't know what that award <laughs> it was. It was officially called the WPH Achievement Award. Achievement. But it's it's for just a decade of amazing work, growing the sport, working with the WPH. Bob had us do our first, I think it was our first pro stop at the WPH in New Orleans, 2009. It was, I think, suspended for six months because they had a hurricane in right. late 2008. So we came in 2009, and Dave Chapman won that one. Right. Alan mm-hmm. Garner was, was there. He was... In the final, Emmett was there. I know I was there. Sean Lenning was there. It was a great event. No, it was awesome. And that was kind of our introduction to Nolens. And then we waited about seven years. We came back for two official stops, 16 and 17. Brady winning that great match in 16 against Killing Carroll, and then Killing Carroll winning in 17. Took us six years, 360 days to get over that hangover. Right. <laughs> but we're glad to be back. Now we've been there three times in the last four years, and Bob can't wait to have us back next year, so I hope that yeah, we go great, back. Yeah, it's great. I'm surprised that we don't have more people playing in that event. It's actually a pretty cool location. It's one of the best locations to be at. I can only speculate, but I think that because that's around Mardi Gras time and guys wait until the very last minute to book trips, they look at the tickets that's and true. $900. Yeah. But, right. you know, had you booked it in October when we announced the stop, yeah. you could have gotten it for a third of that. Now, you're right. the development director with USHA, Matt. You know about guys just like Bob Kaluta out there around the country. The guys like uh, Bob Harris out of uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Uh-huh. You know, these guys are there promoting for years and years and years, and they do a lot in the local community to bring handball to uh, their club or wherever they play at. And Bob Kaluta is one of those dudes. Right, and I mean, big, uh, big ups to Bob on bringing a pro stop a big tournament back to New Orleans. Obviously, it's a place, it's a destination city. Everyone wants to go. And, you know, you that's kind of one you have to check off and say, I got, I got to do that. And for, for so long, there was that gap. Uh, again, he persevered and, and worked with you guys to, to get a stop, a regular stop, uh, back there. So, you know, good on him. And Deserving. because of Bob, we had that amazing... Friday afternoon where all the pro players that were in town. Now, some of the guys didn't get in town until late Friday night, so they weren't able to be a part of this, but we all went down caravan down to Bourbon Street, the French Quarter. Had a great time. Crayol lunch. Got some pictures, which I know you enjoyed, Matt. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And that was, you know, that's because of Bob. We were able to all get together there. and Met Jonathan Iglesias at his Ritz-Carlton suite. That's right, Matt. That's where John... That's where he, his he rolls in. Yep, everywhere he goes. Wow, living the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, didn't even enter the tournament until 24 hours before the event, well after the draws were made. Took fifth, despite oh. that. Had his plane ticket and Ritz-Carlton reservations made, though. Just didn't realize he wasn't entered in the tournament, even though the draws were posted. Who are you talking about? Jonathan. Oh, Glacius. okay, Glacius, yeah. yeah. But Jonathan is comeback story. You know, speaking playing of good ball. Mardi Gras, you know, the tournament was last week or the yeah. week before, but Mardi Gras officially kicks off on March 5th. Fat Tuesday is on March 5th. Okay. But, you know, they do all their pre, right. you know, parade. There's a parade every day there. But Fat Tuesday is actually on March 5th. That's just a few days away from now. What, right. five days? Four days from now. 
fat tooth. You know, it's so politically correct right now in this world that we live in. They're going to call it, I think they're going to change the name to Big Boned Tuesday. <laughs> they had no body shaming. Should no that, body shaming. Yeah, should that Please. be like Hourglass Tuesday? Yeah. Or Could they change figured, it to Full, full Figure Tuesday? Tuesday. What if there they change go. it to P-H-A-T, Fat Tuesdays? That would, that, be, would be, that would be all right. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to offend anybody. But just though. the sound of it might be too offensive. Yeah, fat. Yeah, it's fat. true. You know how those people in Louisiana are when it comes to spelling. Right. It's it might still be offensive. I don't want to offend anybody. That was the first race freight light stop ever held in New Orleans. I thought it was a huge success. I had, a, you know, I think everyone had a great time. What inspired me and really made me enjoy the tournament, I think, the most was those Missouri State kids, Missouri State team, ten-hour drive. Yeah. And they they just jump out of the car and start playing, and they're just happy the whole weekend, smiling, win or lose. I mean, I can't get over that. And they, they do it almost every weekend. I think they told me that was their fourth weekend in a row, well, piling you, in the car. You know, you start for 10 hours. talking about this good stuff yeah. when it comes to the collegiate players. We're going to mm. talk about that right around right. the corner because the collegiate national handball championships just took place. Right. And Matt Kruger, who just happens to be here in the studio, is going to talk about it as we have another segment coming up right around the corner. Mm. We want you to stick close. We're going to take a break. Okay. It's episode number 21, not 20. Right. I might have said 20 earlier, but I, I really meant that. No. But did I say it right? I don't know. I didn't hear it. It's 21. I don't trust myself. Okay. Episode 21 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast will continue next. We'll have more coming up. Stay with us. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation whose goal is to grow the sport through innovation. WPH Live TV is partnered with ESPN for the current professional handball tour and has aired more than 100 matches over the past three years on ESPN networks. Junior WPH is the youth and young adult development wing of the foundation that performs over 2,000 individual and group clinics per year around the globe. WPH Outdoor runs the Outdoor Professional Handball Tour and has organized high-profile major events since the inaugural 2010 season. To get plugged into all the news, information, and updates, or to give a tax-deductible gift or donation, go to www.wphlive.tv or email info at wphlive.tv. WPHlive.tv. Get connected with Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, TuneIn Radio, and now iTunes. Segment number three. It's officially on the air. Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast, episode 21, as we have a special guest. He he rode here in the blue bus. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Kruger is in the building. Hello, hello. Thank you. Dave Fink to my right. Dave, you know, I said earlier we're going to talk about the USHA Collegiates, which we are, you know, okay. not going to lie about that, yeah. but also... We're talking a lot about it off the air. Want to talk sure. about... Well, yeah, that's we do a lot of talking off yeah. the air. Robbie McCarthy and Martin Mulkerns. Well, McCarthy has not really been dominating on the Irish scene this year. He's not won anything. So he kind of came into this event, I'd say a little bit under the radar, not in my opinion, because... You know, Robbie McCarthy to me is always one of the top two players, but comes into that event, loses the first game in the semifinals to Martin Mulkerns, who's the reigning All Ireland champion, fifteen to one. I yeah, mean, that's wow, that's unbelievable. I mean, By the way, we're talking about the Irish Nationals, which right. took place last weekend. But yeah. Anyway, and then and then it's then it's, it's Durban Nash. Well, no, he and then he comes back in the second game. I, I was talking to Martin about this actually yesterday. We were chatting. Some well, sort that, of that's knee- like a what eleven hour straight. 
<laughs> I mean, Martin Mulkerns is like the you want to Sal Buenas of Ireland when it comes if to it asking. If it gets to the GAA rules changes, then yes, we're talking 11 hours. But we talked just about his match, and in a loss, he's... Martin Mulkerns talking about verbose. himself? No. Well, there was some kind of injury that happened at 13-11 in that second game with mm. McCarthy. A knee injury, I believe. And then from there... Are you sure? I got the I got the sense. This is coming from Martin. It wasn't got, a head injury. <laughs> I got the sense that something changed in the match because McCarthy went on to to win that match in a tiebreaker, eleven six, and then similar. I there was another injury timeout in the in the finals, and it was McCarthy overcoming Nash 15-13-15, So it couldn't have been any closer. Eleven nine in the final for mm-hmm. McCarthy, and McCarthy, uh, excuse me, Nash had beat his. All-Ireland doubles teammate Colin Crehan, who's the ICHA current collegiate champion, 11-10, the tiebreaker. So Colin Crehan looks like he's poised for a breakthrough. So, I mean, McCarthy, you you mentioned that he kind of came under the radar. Uh, When I saw him at the Worlds in August... I was amazed. Me too. Yeah, I was incredible. like, I'm that totally amazed. Dude is a monster. Yeah, and he, he looked like a monster. And he, he was, he was the only player to take a game off Killian at the Worlds. Oh, he looked amazing. So no Nash, no. Oh no, no, no. Nash lost in two, seventeen and seven. Well, yeah. Nash right. too, but I mean, McCarthy looked like a beast. Well, I, right. if you had to give the award for best player for a game and a half, McCarthy against Carroll was just amazing. Yeah, I agree. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, um, Definitely a memorable uh, match that, and and enough to where I, you know, I was. It could have gone either way in that tiebreaker, but you know, Killian of course pulled it out and went on to win the title. I think Killian played the best ball I've ever seen him play in that match, and he needed to. He wasn't going to win without his absolute best stuff. Right, he he showed uh, against some adversity. He 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 picked it up a level. But back to the Irish National. Yeah. Katrina Casey Sorry. leads Martine McMahon ten to one in that first game of the finals of the women's singles. Right. And I'm texting people saying, Well, I mean, she's back. This is you know, this is what I expected from Katrina, the women's race freight number one. And before I could even get my text sent, Martinez won that first game fifteen to thirteen, scored the last nine points of the How first game. How does that game. happen? It's just kinda like what happened at the Worlds, where Martina just starts hitting that ball with so much power. And Katrina just had no answers for it. And then the second game was just kind of a formality after that. Only six points now for I, Katrina. I think I read somewhere that you wrote that Martina holds the Ireland 40 by 20. All Ireland. All Ireland yeah. senior championship mm-hmm. title. She owns the Irish title as well. Four wall world title. One wall world title. 60 by 30 title. 60 by 30. Yeah. She's also I mean, got a four match winning streak on the women's race for eight. That's going she hasn't played in over a year but it's it's still there current. yeah it's there i mean she's amazing it's you know what and it kind of brings uh, brings back uh, uh, to mind of and not happened in 19 years if we remember back in 2000 priscilla schumann mm. when she swept all three nationals one right. wall three wall four wall and a world title that wow. year yeah that's amazing too so, so matt which title impresses you most that martina holds right now uh, it'd have to be that that world that one world wall? title. I thought you were going to say that. And, and that the was one amazing. wall or the four? I say one. I mean the one wall. I mean she went. She arguably beat you know Danielle Vaskalakis is yeah. is the the top player in the U.S. You know female player in the U.S. for one wall, right. and possibly the world. Yes. And she you know 
Martina changes up her game just like that and plays at a high level on, you know, makes the final of both. That's phenomenal. And she's only started playing one wall, big ball, wall ball now, but for what, three years, she said. But so, what's what's so impressive, you look back on the results from the 2015 Worlds, and Danielle had beat Martina 21-5, 21-7 in the one wall. So that turnaround, three right. years later, to lose 5-7 and seven and then to win, I mean, that's a huge jump. Yeah, it's absolutely remarkable. But we saw Martina play in, in, Vegas. in Las Vegas. She was amazing in every code, because there's a lot of different codes out there. There's one wall, three wall, there's small ball, big ball. She was just great in all of them. Yeah, and she should have won all of them. She came I close. I thought so. Came very close. Yeah, I mean, I, she could have very easily won every division she yeah. entered there. It's, she's remarkable. And, you know, I know that you're left-handed, Dave, but she's really got one of the best-looking left hands I've ever seen. I mean, she hits it so perfectly, and I think it's her wheelbase or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way she, she plants her feet, I don't know. but She takes one long stride to hit the ball, which most players take three or four small strides. Right. It works for her. Her timing's so perfect. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a sentiment shared when anybody's, you know, I eavesdrop on anybody talking about her. It's like, try and guess which is her offhand. Try right. and guess. Uh, you know, that's the challenge. And, and you can if you just watch. It's, it's She's kind of like amazing. Nash. Nash is left-handed, but you can't tell when you're watching him in a rally. You know, but I have this weird, you know, feeling here. Like, if she were to play a pro... You know, like a bubbling under qualifier in the men's, mm-hmm. she wouldn't do well at all. But she does well against Katrina Casey, right. who then does very well against those bubbling under qualifiers and actually beats them. Right. So it's very strange. Yeah, I agree with Katrina that. Casey's got a pro men style of handball game, whereas Martina McMahon has not a one dimensional or two dimensional game, but it's it's all of the dimensions against the women's game, but it's not all of the dimensions against the men's game. And it's it's not a knock to her. She's doing what she has to do to win. But I just don't see her doing well against a Lauren Collado or, you know, a Ryan Bowler. But for some reason, Katrina Casey does do well against guys like that. Well, Martina and I paired together in the Tucson Memorial mixed doubles, and she kept my doubles losing streak intact. 35 <laughs> straight matches. So I don't know if I can blame her, but I... You know, neither of us were doing well in there. I'll put it that way. We didn't score many in our debut. I don't think she's going to be requesting me again. I doubt that. I don't think she requested you that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm being nice. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Okay. Because we have another segment coming up right around the This is a big one. I think we should do stand-up hilarity now. Okay. Okay, so let's do it. All right. Episode 21, Dave and Dave Sports handball radio cast is going to continue next but first here's some stand-up hilarity my husband i first met him at this wedding and uh he's he's much better looking than me he's way out of my league and the first thing i learned about him was that at the time he was attending harvard business school and i was like oh my god i'm gonna trap his ass to trap his and I trapped his ass initially by not kissing him until the fifth date, which is a very unusual move on my part. But I did it on purpose because I knew that he was a catch. So I was like, all right, Allie, you got to make this dude believe that your body is a secret garden. <laughs> when really, it's a public park <laughs> that has hosted many reggae fests. 
Segment number four of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio cast. Episode number 21 with Matt Kruger sitting to my left. Dave Fink Hello. to my right. Always to my right. Why is that? I don't know. You're just, you know, you're left-handed. So your left arm and my right arm are always touching. I think that's right. the reason why. You want my, my hand to be next to yours. Yeah. My wrist and your wrist together always. That's a lot of power coming together. It's actually disgusting if you think about hmm. it. Well, only when we hold hands is it disgusting. Well, that's bad. I hope that never happens again. I've said that about 14 times. Mm-hmm. Matt, yes. USHA Collegiate National Handball Championships last week. Talk. Well, we, um, of course, battled. I have to start with the weather when you say Minnesota in February. Um, Minus 13 degrees. What was it? Right around there. I think Ooh. one time my day, uh, our daytime high was the single digits. So, um, <laughs> you know, but hey. A beautiful facility. And, it really is, and, uh, and 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 over 200 kids entered. Over 200 collegiate handball players there, uh, representing 30 institutions from around the United States and the world. Uh, an amazing finals and an exciting team finish. Uh, mm. As far as the, t- the combined team t- title wasn't decided until Sunday morning's matches were complete. Mm. So, you know, we first. We, we talk about the men's uh, singles champ, Galen Reardon from uh, from Ireland. He returns back to uh, Minnesota and faces Tyler Stoffel, who took some time off, injuries and whatnot. The last time Tyler was in the final was three years ago back in Minnesota. Um, and interestingly enough, these guys, three years ago, played in the quarters. Mm. And Galen had a 20 to 14 lead on him in the second game. Oh my gosh. And Tyler just turned, turned the page on, uh, you know, turned it around, comes back, obviously, uh, because he made the final, but he, he beats him 11 zero in the tiebreaker. So chatting with Galen after, you know, his, his tiebreaker win this time against Tyler on the, on the positive side for him, he, he he said that was in the back of his head, knowing that he had to finish. He knew Tyler was not going to go away, um, and uh, he, how he had to finish strong. And that was a great bracket all the way through. I mean, so many good players in that. You had a number of junior national champions in there, Michael Galton, Anthony Sullivan. I'd say all the top collegiate players in the world were in that draw. 
And you had semifinals in the both semifinals were tiebreakers, and the finals was a tiebreaker. Coleman McGrath, who we mentioned, came up just short against Galen in the semis. Right, and and Coleman was coming off Coleman was coming off that tiebreaker win against Michael Galton, which I mean that in and of itself was an amazing match. Yeah, that, um, those two I would say pretty similar, very fit, hard hitters, young rising studs. Right, and, and it was uh, it was it was fascinating to watch because they were long rallies, long intense rallies mm-hmm. to uh, uh, duking it out, and and just you're waiting for somebody to break, and and they wouldn't, and and you know short halfway through that tiebreaker you start seeing a guy you know like michael galton who's fit you know one of the fittest players on the court mm-hmm. in the tournament for all that for all that said is is you know his shoulders are starting to droop a bit because i mean anybody that's going to take every ounce of energy yeah. you know you have and and coleman just hops back up and he's still hopping around on his toes and and was able to pull that out hmm. coleman he rows every he's a he's a rower right that's R O W apostrophe E R. Oh. He's a rower. Okay. And I guess he just goes in every single day and just, he's just a, like, he, he wants to do it. This isn't something that his dad or his family is pushing mm-hmm. him into and they're obsessed over him yeah. doing it. This is him wanting to do it. It's his release and he does it every day and he's got incredible upper body strength. Yeah. And, and his legs are huge, right? I mean, he's got huge quads. Physically, I mean, since the last time I saw him play, it's like he physically took the jump in the past year. Like he's 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 ripped, uh, legs are you know in shape. To like I said, just passes the eye test as being one of the fittest guys out there. I didn't recognize him when I saw him in Portland at, at first. When he came up to me and, and he was like, "Hey man, what's going on? It's been a while since you and I played." I was like, "Who, who is this guy?" Thor. Yeah, we well, you know Coleman and Tyler. Aren't you engaged to? Uh... <laughs> To Miley Cyrus? I right. mean, wh- who? These guys have been on my radar since, I would say, 2013, watching these guys as juniors, 13, 14. You could see they had the goods then. Right. And right. It, now that they're maturing and, uh, you know, Tyler's coming off that shoulder surgery, but he's just so smooth, Tyler. And Coleman, smooth and powerful. I mean, these guys are the future of the game. Yeah, it's definitely it was definitely exciting to even have the possibility. With, with those two in the semis, and then, of course... Don't let's not leave out David Walsh from right. uh, Cork Institute of Technology. I mean, another phenomenal player uh, just came up short against Tyler. Yeah, it sounds like all three of those matches could have gone either way, right? You know, you mentioned talking to Galen after that, and you know, Galen had lost, like you said, he was up twenty to fourteen on Tyler in two thousand sixteen. So he loses seven points in a row to lose that game, then eleven points in a row. In the next game, he lost 18 straight points to lose the match after holding match point. So that must have felt great. I know just seeing the interview with him, he said it meant so much to him to beat Tyler. He said this is one of the top up-and-coming players in the world. And I can see why it means even more after losing that match with 18 straight points in, in 2016. Right. I mean, that, that just had to grind on him for all this time just to watch him rattle off those points and then rattle you know keep that streak going all until he met peter Funchin in the finals Mm -hmm. but uh you know he obviously could have put himself there instead so you know extra motivation whatever it takes and and he definitely used that when he needed to and i was mentioning you know he the difference for galen it seemed was 
uh, finding that intensity when when he'd get that break. You sometimes you only have that small window to take that chance, mm -hmm. and if you if you miss it, boom, it's closed. You you could walk away, you know, on the on the other side of that. How do you do that though, Dave? I mean, you have to go through this struggle in your mind when you have a bad back and there's things that are ailing and you're tired and you're deep into a tournament and you have to find that motivation to get yourself, you know, into the match. I know a guy like Marcos, one of your rivals, he starts yelling at the referee or somebody in the stands or even at you or himself or what you know just to try to find that motivation a guy like paul brady seemed to be really quiet but he always dug deep into those archives in his brain to find that motivation champions seem to be able to do that how how do you recreate that is it a product that you can get through talking to somebody to get to that place well i think it comes down to how much preparation you put into it and what the match means to you and, you know, these guys put so much into preparing for these events, not just for the weeks leading into it, but their whole life, really. And, you know, that combined with the magnitude of the tournament, I mean, you're talking about a collegiate national title or for Paul Brady, a, a you know, pro stop title or a world title. So you've got that and everything coming together. I and mean, how can you not just lay it all out there? And I think that's what these guys do. But there's people that have problems. I have a problem with it. I'm, you know, I'm not going to joke about this. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I, I could be cruising along and I feel disrespected from the other player and therefore the love of the actual game that I actually love is completely gone and I don't care if I win or lose. Mm. And it's not that I have a defeated attitude about it. It's like I don't wanna I don't wanna win under these circumstances where the other person's making a clown out of themselves. It's not fun anymore and mm. therefore it's not like I'm giving up but I don't care if I lose. Mm. And a lot of times when you don't care, you actually don't win. Right, You know, so it, I've been in this situation where I climb that hill, get to that spot where all of a sudden there's some disrespect out there and I just don't, I don't try hard. And I know maybe that's a sports therapist. Maybe I need to talk to Dr. Dan, but <laughs> I know you've gone through that early in your career when you'd get right up there, have a lead, you'd come back and then you couldn't get over the top of the mountain for some reason. Yeah, I'm mine just, was kind of the opposite. I, I cared so much. I think I didn't maybe execute my shots as well as hmm. I'd like, but. I do hear people saying I'm trying to peak for this event, which I've never understood. I mean, I'm trying to win every match, practice, I don't care. They're all the same to me. Yeah. You know, you talk about finding that that motivation to keep going, and I, I, I wanted to also bring up Tyler Stoffel's play. He, he showed tremendous grit and character. He, uh, you know, in that tiebreaker, he was down 9-1 at one point, and you're mm. just thinking... At that point, why not just come on? You yeah, know, it's inevitable. Uh -huh. You know, he calls a timeout, throws throws his goggles. You know, he's clearly upset, but he came back in and and he got got a couple more points. Made Galen work for those last two points. Mm. He matched. You know, got a couple points himself. Yeah, and just you know, you could tell he he was gonna get that last. Every every ounce into maybe that was the, his last window to yeah. to win that match. And it's but, not over at nine one. We've seen a lot of comebacks. Exactly. I mean, not a lot, but you know, it happens. And you get three or four points, all of a sudden you've got the momentum, even though you might be trailing five nine. Right. Right. And, and it it plays you know uh, messes with the other player's head when you keep. Uh oh, how how many points is he going to get here? Right. So. 
You know, as we look at the collegiates, what happened in the women's? I see that Sienna won again, and she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Sienna Nikurin, she's awesome, isn't she? I mean, she, I mean, well, she she. You look at the scores throughout. Uh, she rolled through that draw. I mean, this was kind of a long time coming for her because, again, her last time in that final was at the University of Minnesota um, hmm. with Limerick. Of course, now she's um, at Minnesota State uh, Mankato. But, again, you know, that injury sidelined her for a bit. You wondered, is that going to play any type of factor mentally coming back from an injury? Um, and the answer, the short answer is no. Um she she looked phenomenal, uh, flawless at in, at times. And you know Fiona Tolly um, from Dudlo, Dublin City University, the defending champ. You know kudos to her. She she had the one seed, and everyone just said it's going to be a walk for Siana. And for that first game, it it looked like it was going to be. But you know credit to Fiona, she really turned it up in the second game. Um, made it made it a made it a match and <laughs> and uh and and again you know made it interesting made siana work and sure enough siana was up to the challenge and, and got that title back well i know that there's no moral victories in a loss particularly when you're the defending champion but to get 16 off of siana i mean that was a head turner for me i'm thinking we've got a new you know star in the women's scene fiona tully because not many can score 16 off siana Fiona is actually playing in San Francisco. Oh, that's great. I'm excited to see her yeah, play live. Yeah, it's going to be right there at the end of March. So Yeah, that's going to be really cool to see her. And But Siana, you know, we talked about Katrina and Martina, and they've kind of you know, separated themselves. But Siana has got to be right there on the cusp, you know, number 2B or, you know, she pushed Katrina all the way to the limit in Tucson, and I think... Should have won that, actually. Should have won the second game, yeah. for sure. I mean, she had right. five match, five game points. She had good chances to win that, so that should have, at the very least, been a tiebreaker. And remember, that was her first pro stop in a year and a half, only her second tournament back in a year and a half. So, you know, with a little bit more experience, I think she's right there. She's such a good athlete. I watch her, and I think... So strong. She could play anything. I think, right. I think if she came right. out, Matt, to the three-wall nationals in Toledo, it, it's like... All over with. Right. I mean, she's so strong. Her upper body strength is amazing. Well, we saw her play three-wall small ball at Venice Beach at the X-Fest in 2015. She was outstanding. Took she, down Tracy Davis. Right. She lost to Katrina in the final there. Katrina's never lost in three-wall small ball. But, yeah, I mean, she's just an outstanding athlete. I, I look at her, like I said, any sport, wouldn't matter. Strong, yeah. quick, powerful. Powder puff football. Right. She just <laughs> kick your ass, as I, I, I would say. Yeah, what was the impressive thing that you saw there when it came to the team championships? The team that that looks really strong. Well, I mean, uh, everybody there's there's been a, a lot of ballyhoo, if I could use that word about. Well, I don't. We actually have <laughs> a ban on that. We seven, don't seven second delay. Yeah, we don't use that one. Uh, so no, there there's you know been a lot of uh, publicity about Minnesota State Mankato and the tremendous job that Mike Wells and and John Stoffel have both done there starting that program from virtually uh, nothing to to being a, a national powerhouse now. Um, and in the, the last 25 years, it's either been a Lake Forest or Missouri State University who have won the combined team title. Nobody else. And they, 25, uh, they had those... 
two collegiates. We had the World and the National Collegiates in 2010. They won one each that time, so they 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 were both even. Um, this would have been the tie. This would have been the tiebreaker. And you know, sure enough, Minnesota State Mankato was right there. Um, they came up just a few points short, less than five points mm. away from from taking that title. And you know, that went back to Missouri State. Impressive that. You know, in the last five years, they've really made that push. It's really a credit to what they're doing over there, Mike Wells and John Stoffel. Like you said, I mean, imagine starting a Division One basketball program from scratch. Five years later, you're in the Final Four, competing, you know, against Duke or North Carolina. It's pretty amazing. Does Duke have Zion or not on this scenario? Might not be as amazing as you think. Mm. Too soon? <laughs> I, actually... Yeah. It okay. Is. So yeah, I mean, it's like a like when Butler made the the final, they had their Cinderella run. But I mean, obviously, this is more sustained than just one March Madness. It's it's something that's kind of been a long time coming. But now, I mean, they're going to be the team to beat for years to come with 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 the momentum they built. What else do you have regarding the collegiates? Anything that uh, you wanted to add? I know that you brought notes and you wrote stuff on your hand. For God's sakes, <laughs> I did. Uh, crazy, kind of sweaty. We don't do that around here, but I, you know, it's all right. You're new. You know the. Oh, again, it's always such an awesome experience. If anybody ever has the opportunity to to come watch the collegiates, it's like nothing else in handball. Totally true. Combines yeah. the 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 passion of of playing. You know the sport. It's an individual sport, but it it combines that with the team spirit yeah. and and the pride for your school and it 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 gets really intense in a good way and uh it's it's just something something to see and the collegiate kids are always you know just so uh positive to be around and it's it's a good thing for handball you know one thing i wanted to mention we were talking about the fitness of all these guys coleman and michael galton but one thing you can't prepare for you've got 200 300 people watching, cheering for you. That takes so much out of you. You can't prepare for that when you're doing sprints. You know, that that adrenaline that you feel and that, you know, the amount of energy that, you know, you lose playing in front of a big crowd like that because your emotions are going to be a lot greater. You know? I, I don't know, Dave. I mean, these kids these days are snapping themselves doing their workouts on Instagram. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do have 300 people watching you. That's true. Well, but, but that that's the... When that... When your opponent hits that kill and thirty of his teammates go nuts, I mean, that's you, you're typically not playing and practicing for that. Could you imagine having thirty Doug Clark's banging on the, banging on the glass? But not only, <laughs> you know, these guys are your teammates and they're trying to win this team competition, so they're pulling for you. But I no, heard I Roy think... Jones say this during a boxing telecast one time that you can't prepare for the electricity and intensity of the crowd. That takes so much out of you when you're in the ring. I've never had more than three people watching one of my matches. Well, they weren't actually watching. Who's they rooting? weren't. But who's rooting for you out of those three people? Uh, no one. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, Although there people text was. me. There was people watching, but he kicked them out. <laughs> people text me that they're rooting for me. I said, that's funny. You know, I saw you, you know, cheering wildly at one of my misses. But, you know, it's nice of him to say that, I think. But no, really? I think that would take a lot out of you. You know, all these people cheering. I mean, I think people cheering for you. Adds even more pressure. Yeah, I agree. You know, you, you've got this whole yeah. university on your back. 
tough. But, but some but players, some players are able to gather that and stick it into their quiver. Right. I can't do it, but you know. You look at like last year; it was literally contingent upon one match for the right. men's team title. To have that pressure to win or lose, man, I, 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 I don't think I could handle it. I well, think it's cool, but it's yeah. Cool. I'm glad you brought that up because it gives me a chance to talk about our day trip to Bourbon Street where I talked to Leo Canales Jr. about that very situation. He said, you know, I knew the whole championship hinged on my, my match, meaning Leo's match with Sam Esser, which he won 11-8 in the tiebreaker, and that gave Missouri State the title. And he knew that going into that match. Or, excuse me, Lake Forest, the title. I'm sorry. Could have gotten Missouri. You're right. Could have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, these players know it, too. Sometimes in golf, these guys don't look at the leaderboard. I don't understand that. I mean, how they could do. you play a sport they look at and it. not want to know the score? They look at it. Okay, but... <laughs> That's all they do is but look Leo at it. But Leo knew the leaderboard, and he's playing it, That's knowing, cool. okay, it's 8-8 eight, eight in the tiebreaker. I've got three points to to get this legacy from my university, because that was his last collegiate. Yeah, I think it's cool. Wow, what a moment. Hey, let's actually segue into segment number six. Okay. Or maybe is it five? I, I don't really... No, it's five. It's five. Yeah. Let's just slip into it really quickly yeah. here. You, Shorty... Ruiz, Abraham Montijo, went to the Phoenix Carl Hayden. Actually, they came to us. Well, you went you went to their their group on court <laughs> oh, okay. court number two. Yes, down at the local TRC. Yeah, which used to be the Tucson Racket Fitness Ranch oh. back in the '60s. It used to be okay. a, you know a big, well known tennis facility. Beyond Borg played there. I don't know if you yeah. knew that, but he did. He lost there as a 16-year-old. Billie Jean King oh. also. But you huh. went to that club. Right. And you had a big clinic. Tell us about it. Oh, it was very cool. Matt, I know you would have been there, but you were in Minnesota. We were texting. Not about handball, but that's what we do. Right. We're just, that's what we do who all day. Who about handball? I mean. <laughs> Chris Hogan, who is the head coach there, and he's, he's everything there at Carl Hayden High School. He's one of the, he's on the staff there. And he's organized this great handball program. They've got 100 kids playing handball at lunch, and he's kind of wrangled in, uh, you know, 8 to 10 that play regularly and starting to play in tournaments. They drove down on Saturday morning, ran into about two hours worth of traffic on Mm. I-10. Queen Creek. Yeah. And, you know, these kids had a great time. I thought the clinic could not have gone any better. You know, we had three outstanding coaches. And we separated the coaches onto their own court and rotated the kids for, you know, 30-minute lessons with each coach working on conditioning and the serve and the corner kills and, you know, all kind of great stuff. And what a great experience. The Fred Lewis Foundation kids also joined in the clinic. So we had about 15 kids part of that clinic. I think everyone got a lot out of it. And then the kids had a pizza lunch sponsored by the WPH. And then after that, the kids spent the whole day on the courts playing. Nice. Picking up games with the pros. Even your good buddy, Dave Doyle, picked up a game with, with one of the youngsters. Hit him square in the nose. Yeah, I knew that Doyle kid, played him because from my house, I could actually hear him talking. Huh. He hit him nice. square in the nose, and the kid only had one shirt, which was then blood. completely blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Didn't complain, though. Doyle was complaining about the length of the injury timeout, though. Of he course. Was, right. uh, well, Doyle yeah. didn't like the fact that they're... Needed to be a cleanup crew come in there and stall that right. court. Yeah, so, but Doyle did get the win in that match one day before his 71st birthday. So that's a, a good win for him. And the and only then, reason why you know that is because he told everybody uh, 17 times. Huh. Is there a but belt? Doyle, you never thought you'd hear no Doyle's belt? name on a podcast. And now you have at least eight times. Mm-hmm. 
there's a belt involved in that? Or? <laughs> oh, wait. I mean, the kid was standing right in front of me. What was I supposed to do? I said, how are you going to hit someone square in the nose? I mean, that was his response, obviously. But the kids play doubles. They played with the pros. What a great day. Yeah, it's amazing. I, know, I think it's good that you're doing that stuff. And Matt, you've traveled around here in Arizona and have done things like that uh, up north heading toward Phoenix. I know that this particular thing was here in Tucson, but you've traveled around. How, how do we get more of these clinics and more of these communities involved with junior handball and, you know, because I know the game's infectious on its own. I don't think you need right. to really introduce the game to the same kid more than once. It's pretty obvious. If you like it, you like it. You stick with it. But with all we have to do is just get them on the court. How do we do it, though? It's like seems like some weird puzzle. You know, it seems to be it's it's a bit of a society issue as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are, do kids want the physical challenge? You know, is it it's it's not the same since obviously since we were growing up, but it's you know that that hurdle but i think this is a really positive thing um obviously that you were that you mentioned that happened over the weekend aside from a kid getting hit in the nose mm-hmm. by a by a masters player <laughs> but um the those kids i'm just gonna say this this formula if we could do it everywhere in every city i mean it it would make a huge impact because i, I know as a new player myself when i was a new player Getting just to meet a pro was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, and then having that pro chat with you, show you uh, certain things mm-hmm. and, and get on a court with you, you know, it's it's a memorable experience. It's something they'll take, you know, back with them and hopefully it'll spur them to come back and, you know, keep playing for, for life, a lifetime sport, which it is. So, um, you know, that's... The same, even now, if if like a guy like Fred Lewis comes up and says, "This hit this shot," I'll tell you what, I, I shut up and listen. Yeah, <laughs> anybody would. But you know, I I can relate, Matt. When I was eleven, I played my first nationals. I'd been playing for a long time, but finally got into the tournament and saw Nadia Alvarado Senior and Pancho Monreal, who were in the finals that year, in the parking lot and getting a picture with them. I just thought, "Wow, this is so cool." I mean, I was just so odd by just being around these guys and you know we've been around the sport so long but i think we need to remember that this is a huge deal for these junior players to get to be around these pros and you know get to play games with them and you know i had the opportunity to play with john bike when i was 12 and that was amazing even though i didn't realize it at the time right you know but it, it really was but you know there's a great piece that was written in the laac kind of about the origins of handball and you know, kind of the boom of the court building in the, you know, the 60s and 70s and the community. And I just thought it was so well written. It's on our website. You guys probably should, you know, put on yours, too. That's is that's the one with uh, Vic yes. playing at Venice. Yeah, yeah. No, it just I just read that. And it's a very good. Read. I loved it. It was it was so well written. But also, I mean, it was written by a non-handball player who really seemed to grasp, you know, what handball is all about. Not just about the fun, but it's about the community and it's about the lifetime sport. And there's so much great history, and I loved it. You know, I, at first I thought, I don't even have time to read this, and I did. So glad I did, and it was just, uh, it was it was great. And it kind of encompasses everything that we know and love about handball. We're going to take a break. We have another one coming up right around the corner. We're talking about segments, that is. Nine out of ten people have never heard of us. 
Thanks, Mom. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on iTunes, WPH Live TV, and TuneIn Radio. I think I'm a pretty good catch, so why can't I meet the right guy? I've tried all the online dating apps like Tinder, OkCupid, and Match.com, but I want to get married now. That's why I joined the new online dating app, Settle. There's nothing wrong with the men on Settle. They're just normal guys with characteristics I am now willing to overlook. I already bought my wedding dress, so I just needed a groom. I joined Settle and went on tons of okay dates. That's how I met my Henry. He may drive a smart car, but he's a manager at Petco and even has a 401k. We're getting married in April, which is before my sister. Settle isn't misleading like those other dating apps. It's honest. For example, men are only allowed to upload their passport photos or ones of them pretending to hold the leading tower of Pisa. That way we can't focus on their looks. Hi. Sorry I'm late. I don't have a car. Whatever. Because remember, it's not giving up, it's settling up. <laughs> Settle. TikTok. R2 Sports has the ultimate app for sports fans. Keep up to date with the latest results from your favorite sport. R2 Sports gives you instant access to a diverse range of sports and tournaments. Get live updates instantly on your Apple or Android handset. Follow your favorite players. Check their ranking and latest results. Favorite an event and get live notifications pushed right into the palm of your hand. Interact with other players and chat with fans. Watch events live right from within the app. Get results anywhere, anytime. R2 Sports, your link to the global sports network. R2 Sports is available as a free download from the App Store. Like us on Facebook for free premium access. Back to the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, TuneIn Radio, and now iTunes. Segment number six, Dave and Dave. Handball Sports Radio Cast with episode number 21. We have Matt Kruger here, the Krug. Do you have a nickname? They used to call you in college there at Berkeley. Berkeley. Uh, you know, I, I've always, my, my last name, you know, it's always Kruger seems to be be it for something. That's Just, what my, that's a nickname then. Yeah. Kruger. You're Krug. Kruger Kruger. Yeah. Krug. Kruger. Krug. The yeah. Krug. So I'm, we have I'm okay with that. The gentleman, Dave Fink, over there. <laughs> and you're no, truly. I'm like Bryson DeChambeau. I'm on the clock here for these next two seconds. Oh, yeah. So uh, we better get going yes. instead of me just making fun of people's names. I mean, names. you know, Bryson's doing his scientific formulas about how to hit 110 yards. But yard you're shot doing the same thing. I'm going through the same thing. I can yeah. relate to him right now. You have your protractor out. <laughs> and you've got. It has not been yet banned on this podcast, my protractor, fortunately. No, we're not going to ban that. I like the fact right. that you bring that out. Let's right. talk about the rankings quickly and then we'll do the stats. Lucho and Dano's flip flop for the third time this season. Now Lucho's the highest ranking flying Cordova going into Tucson. That could change depending on what happens. Probably hinges on what happens in their semifinal match should they face off. Vic Perez, top five for the first time. That's a big moment. I think for anybody climbing into that top five, you know, your first goal is always, can I qualify? I qualified. Can I get into the top 20, top 10, top eight, now top five, big, big. Now some bad news for the Fink camp, which is of one. I dropped out of the top five for the first time since 2016. Didn't want to report that, but I have to report the news. Well, I mean, right? you're just reporting it to yourself because nobody else cares. <laughs> John Iglesias into the top 10 for the first time since 
2016. That's actually one. pretty big news because he's in shape again. Well, John's playing good ball. He looks good. Yeah. And Jonathan is going to be playing Mondo Ortiz in the round of 16 in Eeks. Tucson. That's oh. a, I've got that one circled in red twice. Can't wait to watch that. Oh, wow. I, I just I can't wait. For Jeff Helam is down there at the club right now trying to sell tickets for that. So it's not he's not going to have to try hard. That's going to be a good one. Tyler Hamill, despite not playing in New Orleans, is in the top four senior race. Doctor Dan Zimmett, your personal therapist, Dave, starts the season at number three. He's now unranked after skipping the entire senior race for a regular season. That's frustrating. Hmm. Leo hmm. Canales Jr., who we've mentioned several times. One of my favorites. Youngest player in the race for a top 25. And his dad, the, the oldest, oldest player, ranked. And his mom, probably better than anybody in that right. family. I mean, she's <laughs> remarkable. Jennifer Hinman, who I believe now is out with that knee problem, is the oldest ranked player on the women's race, 48 at 45. So that's it. I mean, I, I got my protractor, everything... I thought for a second you were going to just segue yourself right into the stats because that's sort of what you're doing there with the rankings. You're just giving out these obscure stats. Well, I know everyone's got the stats memorized, obviously. (laughs) I know Katrina Casey does. Killing Carroll already with three losses this season. Last season, he only had one loss. He's 13-3 and on the season. He's won 64% of his points, which sounds good. He's not losing again, though. But last year, he won 69% of his points. What are the odds of him losing a match? closing out this season wow. from this point on. I say zero. Daniel Cordova has scored the most points in one tournament. That was in Portland. Now, there's kind of an asterisk there because we played five matches there as opposed to four. But he does have that with 156. Lucho Cordova, no surprise. Two wins this season. He's also got the most match wins with 15. Six different winners in our eight race for eight events, which encompasses five race for eight men's pro Two senior race and one women's stop. That's two you for know. Lucho and two for Killian, right? No, one one for Killian, for Killian and two right. for Lucho. Yeah. Hey, and if I could just butt in. Yes. No, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, you're out. Can I just grab your protractor here? Yes. Um, I I want to commend uh, you guys and on this uh, race for eight tour season being probably one of the most exciting seasons wow. we've had in pro handball for since when? How how many times can we say? Uh, of all the different winners, usually, I mean, look back 20, 25 years, mm-hmm. 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Could you just pencil in those draws and put Nadi Alvarado in the right. finals? You could put David Chapman, yes. um, John Bike, John Bike, and, and you know, then Mar- Luis Moreno, Paul Brady, and, and then Paul, Paul Brady. Now you have such a diverse group of top players where that's brings more excitement than we've seen in, in a long time. So, you know, congrats on doing this thing, um, webcasting it, and creating the excitement of it because it's 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 showing on the court. Thank you for that. Right after the World Championships, I don't know if you felt this, but after the Worlds, there was a huge handball hangover. And it was this, did you feel it? It was a sort of this depression that kind of came in. And I, I think maybe it was just on this side of the pond, but I know that some people in Ireland were even feeling it too. Dave, I don't know. You you keep denying it. You're a you're a handball hangover denier. But mm-hmm. I felt the world of handball was there was a letdown. There was a step down after the world championship. I can't even explain what it was. I think a little bit to do with the fact that Dave Chapman passed away, at least on my end. I, 
it felt like because Ireland was winning so many of these tournaments that the Americans couldn't win. And it just seemed like it's like, you know, as hard as you try to promote this game, there's a lot of negativity around it for some reason. And it was just overwhelming. Um, and very well could have been just burnout from tournaments. But I felt it for about two months right. to see that Luis Cordova takes one, Sean Lenning takes one, Danny Cordova takes one. And it goes all the way to stop number four before somebody from Ireland actually wins a, a pro stop on the race race tour. And and that was a good thing. That's actually needed to happen. You know, so right. I'm piecing it all together here. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I, I felt like there was a depression. I mean, it just felt it. It was something in the air. And a lot of people talked about it. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a letdown there, the way, kind of the way Paul Brady went out, you know, with that injury. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know, we're it, it had built up to that point. And then, uh, yeah, we... We didn't have much uh, time to kind of think about it. We had our three well nationals a couple weeks later, and that is like always a positive experience. And uh, but then this 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 season's race for eight tour has just been phenomenal. I mean, and I, I it's it's an, an adjective that gets thrown out there a lot. Phenomenal, but I mean, with the excitement of who's going to win, um, which player is going to show up, what kind of matches are we going to see? You know, that that's what we need, and we need to continue. Oh, we like it. We actually talk about it a lot here in the office. Dave, what else do you have? Sianna Nishirin, the youngest ranked player right now in any of the three really? tours. 22 years old. No. Mm-hmm. Leo Canales Sr., the oldest player ranked. 53. Yeah, that's um, he's remarkable. He, actually, he's going to be at the USHA National Singles playing in the 45s. I would have played. Really? I didn't see I his was, name there. I did see it last night, and I was going to enter the 45s, and I... As soon as I saw his name, I I'd was like, like to see play him. nope, not going in that one. No? I'll enter the 35. I have a better chance against Emmett than I do against Leo wow. Sr. Okay. Well, there's so many stats out there. I mean, I'm, I got no, my pro tracker out. Yeah. I, I just feel rushed. Why? Three winningest players in race freight history. We mentioned Katrina Moreno, with 16 titles. Paul, Paul Brady, Brady with 14. Killian Carroll with 11. Luis Moreno would be fourth at 10. Oh, okay. Emmett Pichot... And Marco Chavez, the lowest percentage of points won this season at 50%. They're basically, you know, they win a point, lose a point. Huh. 64% puts you at number one. Wow. 50% puts you at about number eight. So eight or nine, So that's yeah. the margins right there. Right, okay. 53 to 55% puts you right in the middle of that Elite Eight pack. It's an interesting stat. Yeah. It's interesting in tennis, you can win... 98% of your matches winning 52% of the points. You look at Novak Djokovic, he wins everything. He only wins 52% of his points. Tennis scoring kind of lends itself to that because of the serve. and But still, you can see the margins are very slim. I love the fact that tennis players wear those fluorescent clothes. It's really cool. It's like you're helping kids across a crosswalk. <laughs> very tight. Very um, neat. Tidy. Hmm. Wish that they just played, you know, a little bit more grungy. Got a, a hang up with the tennis players' clothes. I think that's something you could bring up in your next couch session with Doctor Z. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I just, you know, I have nothing against tennis. Of course, I'm just saying that. I it's, think you it's do. Very, very tidy. Emmett Pichot, who will be playing next week in Tucson. Most losses of any race freight star this season. Yeah, but what eight. about Hamble? <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> He has the most losses in the in the Sweet 16, is what you're saying. No, just losses overall, including main draw and playoffs. He's got okay. eight losses. Yeah. That means okay. he's lost twice in every tournament that he's played. Highest percentage of points won in a tournament, 
89 that has to be you it was wow. it was you yes wow 90 to 11 combined 90 to 11 points mm-hmm. what tournament oh that was yeah. that was Orleans. yes in wow. the in the senior i'm assuming yes you dominated that you wanted those guys are we shifting now to segment eight, or can I do that? What about the? Are we taking a break, Matt? You have some stats, maybe? Do you? No. If if Matt has stats, then we're going to shift into another segment. I see because a lot of I, stuff written. I want to come out of red. the next segment right into some stats. Yeah, we've you know we we ate our vegetables, mm-hmm. our meat and potatoes. Now it's time for dessert. That's... Wow. Okay, let's take a break. I All can't right. handle this. Who keeps you up to date with the latest news, sports, and entertainment? Leave Tom Brady alone. We do. Dave and Dave are live with a sports radio cast on TuneIn Radio at WBHLive.tv. A woman uh, recently tweeted that she was stuck in an Amtrak elevator, and Amtrak tweeted back, we are sorry to hear that. Are you still in the elevator? <laughs> Not exactly sure uh, what they're going to do via Twitter. Maybe send her a food and water emoji. <laughs> but clearly they cared. That's nice. Uh, one other thing. Amtrak tweeted that at 7.48 a.m. on September 7th, while the woman's original tweet was from 6.07 a.m. on February 14th. <laughs> Seven months later. Hey, at least they're consistent. Their social media runs just as late as all their trains. We're in segment number eight as the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast episode number 21 continues with Matthew Kruger, the Krug. Hello. Hello. The K-Dog. Upcoming, Matt, starting on March 8th, maybe even March 7th, but the Race Freight Pros will start on March 8th on Friday, the second Race Freight Light Stop in history. Matt, this was kind of a brainchild that we had kind of middle of the season. We realized there was going to be an opening, and you and I were having our lattes. You a cappuccino? Or? I, I always get the espresso equal part okay. water. That was must have been what did it, because yeah. there we were sitting out there on a nice, chilly winter morning and just kind of spitballing and now look what we've got nine of the top 10 pros in the world are entered we've got 14 pros overall entered plus the top local guys here in tucson and this is a huge stop and it's got a lot of ranking implications and just looking at the way the draw is going to shake out i've already got five matches circled in red that i can't wait to watch right well you know, when we had that epiphany, uh, it was I, I didn't I didn't imagine it would it would take off like this. The Hall of Fame it's going to be our 25th anniversary of the Hall of Fame tournament. It's always a nice event. Uh, I love you, it. You get the you get the excuse to come to Tucson in the spring, mm-hmm. March or April ish, um, and and it's it always plays out. But unless there's um, you know like a, either Masters or a Women's Classic, it. It it's it's one of those kickback fun event. I mean, they're all fun, of yeah. course, but it d- doesn't get too intense. But now, you know, we mentioned you have you have uh, nine of the top ten ranked pros right. entered. I mean, that the the race for eight LTE, the race for eight light, it really injected some excitement into the into the event. And of course, to celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary, having the women's classic here having the National Masters Singles Invitational where, you know, the world's top age division guys are showing up. Got some big names there, former pros, former yeah. qualifiers. So, and then, you know, our Women's Classic, that's always our, our tribute to women's handball. 
Uh, it's all about diversity. You have the top players entered. You know, you you have top players, I should say, and and you have some of the sometimes novice players even get in age, and you get age sixteen, seventeen to age sixty. So, the design of the women's classic, it's a triple drop down. Ultimately, you uh, if you don't advance, you drop into a skill level division that's suited to you. And by the end of the tournament, you're playing players of like or similar ability. Very fortunate in Tucson, we have these mega events. Now, I would consider the nationals the ultimate mega event because you've got you know national championships plus all the divisions, but. You know, we've got the Memorial, which is an amazing stop. This Hall of Fame tournament that's combined with the Race Freight Light and the Women's Classic and Master Singles mega event. First mega event, I would say, of 2019 is here. And, I mean, I, I can't wait for it. All the best players in the world under one roof of all the age groups and the genders. And and in Tucson, which arguably is yeah. is the capital of, of handball. I'd say so. In and, uh, you know, and it, what makes it bigger is when we work uh, together with you guys, when we collaborate, right. uh, it makes it, uh, it really brings an energy and excitement to an event. And, uh, man, I can't wait. The excitement for me is going to peak when I see Dave Vincent's name in that master singles draw. I'm ref- I'm I'm going to be refreshing my keyboard, uh, looking at my screen. How many times do you refresh your R2 Hall of Fame page per day? Oh man, I can't. You know when they show the site visitors, I'm responsible for probably eight thousand of those. You know, so. Um, but we'll see. It's it's. You know, I'm 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 waiting. And speaking of which, he would look good in this draw. I'm looking at the names right now. We've got some really good ball players in there. Dave Vincent would mix in very well in that forty fives. Hope to see him in there. Saw him playing the other night in the league. He looked good. <laughs> Definitely good enough to knock off some of these. Names. I was color coordinated. That would be the only That's thing that looked good in that match. That blue was sharp on you. Well, you know, you know, Super Bowl that Super Bowl weekend tournament. I saw a glimpse of your game, and and you know, I was I was impressed. So, with that said, enter. Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing right now 14 women's players in this women's class. Now that's a that's refresh awesome. that I'm really happy to see because love seeing all these great names in here. Doctor Ashley Moeller. Jennifer Schmidt, K3. Yes. The superstar reporter. She's amazing. We can take the whole weekend off. That's right. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, she's going to report, take she, photos. She's amazing. Interview, do video. I mean, she's a pro's pro. And I'm talking. She's awesome. She, you know, she works for the WNBA. Uh-huh, and she's yeah. just now been transferred. You, you tell the story every time you talk about her. Well, you didn't know she's being transferred to Atlanta, though, to work with their WNBA team. So she's in demand not only in handball, but also in women's pro basketball. Love seeing these names in here. Rebecca Mulholland, who I saw play at the Vegas? Memorial. Was she in Vegas one year? I don't know, but she lost a very close match to Kenna Bird at the memorial she had match point in that one hmm. i don't see kenna's Ken, name Ken yet a, but i'm sure kenna bird and in a lot of those fred lewis foundation kids are are, are on the way in they'll probably yeah, get into so dying. this is going right. to be like 18 to yeah we're talking yeah 20. Easily. we have a group of five from pacific university okay. uh, coming down again it's going to add some some new blood into that draw tracy davis i mean how did i not mention tracy's her right here? off the top yeah and tracy's won this event at least twice. You have Ashley's won it. Uh, Jennifer Schmidt obviously has yeah. taken a couple of them. Tracy has. It's a, it's 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 a packed draw. Now I've got to get Danielle Daskalakis at least 
bag. I mean, we need Danielle here. I know that would that would add another yet another element. I'm messaging I know she, her right now. So yeah, speak. I mean, she won it when it was at the University of Texas in Austin. Right. I mean, always difficult to play on that fishbowl court. Yes, that is a tough court. So yeah, this is going to be very exciting. Can't wait for this. That's going to be March 7th through the 10th. Emmett Pichot in the 35s. I think he's scaring away a lot of I guys. I agree with you. I saw that. It was like three people in that bracket. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of entering just because. He's kind of scared me away. <laughs> I don't want to deal with him plus... The other draw. We've had guys in the 40s call up and uh, contemplating entering the 40s, not even in yet, saying, yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do if this happens? I was one of those happens? guys. Yes. And, and you know, I'll, I'll say it right now. We'll, we'll never punish the older age division. If they already have their division established with players, we'll never combine that to a lower uh, age division to make a bracket there. So Okay. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah, that's... I might jump in there. I was thinking about entering it only because... I know everybody in the world would look and say, well, he's going to lose, which I would. Yeah. And I would know that. But it would be really cool to be in the finals of a 35 and almost be 50. Well, you've got so many national titles. Do you have your white cardigan? I mean, you've got to have at least six national titles. At least. No, I don't have a... No. no. You, I mean, I, I, you're close. I would say maybe four or five. I see I one know. of the plates here, and you have kept it. Well, most of these Isn't that amazing? trophies people yeah. didn't pick up at the desk. <laughs> Most but, of those things turn like a like a bluish. Yeah, looks like the, How, you know, like a penny out in the middle of Phoenix Desert or something. I, I have been fixated on that trophy. Oh no, you there. can't stop looking at it. No. Get your eyes off of my okay. trophy. Now you've won with Marco Chavez, at least two with John Bike, right? I mean, yeah. three wall, yeah, well, at three least wall. two. Yeah. I got one in, one in three wall with John, and another one in four wall. Maybe mm-hmm. one with John, yeah, and then a couple Matt with McLaughlin? Nadi, Nadi Alvarado. Did you win with Matt McLaughlin or Rob Pierce? I know, I know you. Matt were... and I lost actually, and I don't want to tell you who we lost to. All right, but... you don't have to. I'm just l- focused on the wins. So we got at least three on the board. Nadia right Alvarado now. and I won. That's at least one. I remember at the U. That I was think at Lowe's Cab. You won, won twice, maybe. So you're at probably five. Yeah, that's halfway about right. there. That's about right. So he, Matt, you got your. That's five, your tape measure. You, I'm going to start knitting. I'm going to start knitting that's that five, sweater right that's now. That's five. Is that tournament? a 42 L? That you wear, I mean, no, we might as well I just get this I'm almost away. a large now. That's how oh, much large. weight. Yeah, forty-two long. I don't know anything about suit sizes. Okay, I did get a makeover last week from my wife and sister-in-law, so I'm, I'm a blazer guy now. That's all you got? That's it. They said you got to start wearing blazers. Forty long? Can't just wear. I don't know. I always forget. I mean, wait a second. I think I'm a thirty-eight. You no, were maybe forty. You were with your wife 40. and her sister, and Two all wives. you got, and all you got was a. Was a coat? <laughs> Sorry. Sister wife? <laughs> um, no. Sorry. Now, Matt, you talked about this season being the most exciting that you can remember. And, you know, I I agree. San Francisco right on the heels of of the Tucson Race Freight Hall of Fame. That's going to be two weeks after Tucson. March 28th through the 31st, San Francisco. And, I mean, I had somebody message me today. The qualifier draw is already stacked in there. Have you capped it? Uh, we better. I mean, because that qualifier is getting... We're, we're at 25 players yeah, it's in the incredible. qualifier. Wow. That better be capped. I'll tell you that right now. now have to, I don't uh, know who set up that webpage, but it better be Danny Bell's in the tournament. Ryan right. Bowler's in that yes. tournament. I think, you know, Eric Torres. Wow. Yeah, Eric Torres. Uh, obviously, right? The yeah, Colados. Wow, what a draw. So <laughs> now, right after San Francisco will be another collaboration. Everything's really a collaboration. Yeah. This one is a collaboration because this is the Southwest Regionals Plus the first women's race freight pre-qualifier. 
at the Gregory Gym in Austin. That's a, one of the most famous courts, I that, would say. That's going to be April 5th through the 7th. That's right. Kristen Hughes, who is just an amazing, you know, we talked about Bob Kaluta, and he's one of these guys that just keeps growing it. Kristen Hughes has taken over that mantle now in Texas. She's amazing. It's every the, obviously the program at University of Texas was huge with Pete Tyson right. being there, steeped in history and 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 tradition. Um, and then so usually what happens when a guy like Pete Tyson goes away, these programs can can kind of drift yeah. away. Pete, you know, set up a really um, nice endowment. Uh, Wayne Lee has stepped up and has been teaching the classes. And uh, one one thing they believed in was getting strong leadership established there and you saw it with nate frank and you see it uh now with Kristen hughes and it's amazing what's what's neat is you're going to show up at that tournament and all of those college kids are going to be the ones taking control running the event you know they're they're the ones that are going to come up and tell you okay we got this this and this lined up and that's that's something you just don't see with a 20 year old you know kid Mm -hmm. And, it, and it's it's amazing. We're, we're truly blessed to have a person like Kristen Hughes and, and other people who are stepping up at the University of Texas. That's like four shots of espresso. When you walk into a tournament, you see a bunch of 20-year-olds running the tournament. Nothing is cooler than that. Definitely. NYAC LTE, <laughs> one week after. So we're talking about three weeks in a row, four weeks out of five, huge events. NYAC has hosted us since 2014. Paul Brady has won there every year except for last year where he didn't play. Katrina Casey has won there every year, but there will not be a woman's stop there this year. But that's going to be April 12th to the 14th, and you know that that's always a great event. The New York handball community, a lot of good open players there that will jump in there. Killian Carroll, sponsored by the NYC. Stephen Cooney is the handball president there now. Expect to see them. Jonathan Iglesias, sponsored by the NYC. He'll be there, and who knows who else. I mean, I expect a, a strong field. And then wrapping up the season... The Players' Championship, the women's race freight, race freight, men's pro and senior race freight, Salt Lake City. We get five weeks off after New York, May 17th to the 19th. Anyone can play in that. Qualifier, senior pro, women's pro. I love that event. Oh, it's so much fun. You know, it's uh, Salt Lake City always stepping up and, and, you know, taking taking uh, almost the ownership of the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, It's turned into a, you hear it. It's, it's a destination, again, for people. Uh, you hear just out in the handball community, everybody has that kind of checked off on their calendar to either go to it or they're going to go to it in the next year. You mentioned the Collegiate Nationals, Matt, being one of those events that you just have to attend once. And I kind of feel that the Salt Lake City is kind of that kind of event. And the energy, the hospitality, the matches, there seems to be just an added intensity there for the players who just want to win that one so bad. And we saw that every year until 2000. 17, we had a different winner. Now Killing Carroll's won three in a row, but before that, every year it was Luis Moreno, Sean Lenning, Paul Brady, uh, you know, Killian Carroll. So every year we had uh, Robbie McCarthy. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where everyone's trying to bring out their best, and, and they have. It's very fun to watch, very fun to be a it, part of that event. It's, it's like, you know, all those, all those race freight stops leading up to that, mm-hmm. and that same energy, and then you just turn up the volume the volume is that much bigger for the players championship so it's 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 really and you know what's really cool about that event 
out of all the ones that we go to, there's a certain vibe that's in the air that mm-hmm. you just can't even, you can't bottle it up. You can't even explain it to people. But when you're there and you ask others, how does this event feel? They're like, oh my God, this is just amazing. It's sort of the way Portland feels when you go there. There's just sort of something in the air and I'm not sure what it is, but. Well, what I, what I love about that event and when we concocted the Race Freight Tour in 2010, you know, yeah, I mean, early 2011, we started planting the seeds and it, it really brings a there's a continuity to the tour because everything is pointed towards the final event, the Players Championship. And, you know, you've got this whole season behind you where you've been gaining points and trying to climb and everything's pointing towards this big event. And I think that's a big reason you see this intensity. Salt Lake City is the only city that has hosted the race freight in every season. So players are very familiar with Salt Lake City. Their fans are familiar with the players. You know, you've got that that great exhibition court, and you know, really everything's just ratcheted up in a good way. It's sort of like like Montana, but the facility's bigger. Right. Montana is another good one, Matt. Yeah, that is. Oh my amazing. gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Anything so, else? I heard we, lots of good. Well, things. I mean, that's the end of the race season, but then two weeks later, we've got the Armed Forces, which I look at as a, kind of a major, but also a prep for the Nationals, which is June twenty sixth to the thirtieth in Los Cat. And Matt, I know that you're already working hard on that one. Right. We're, uh, you know, we're, of course, getting all all of the ducks in a row, mm-hmm. per se, and working with the Southern California Handball Association. They're, they're the hosts. Everybody loves going to Wells Cab. Love it. It's Orange County. The John Wayne Airport's right, right there. Um, and, uh, of course, Southern California, all the destinations. And big Hall of Fame inductions this year as well, right? It's We have... We have uh, three Hall of Fame inductions. However, this this one we're going to be um, inducting uh, David Chapman um, and uh, of course Vince Munoz, which you know that's Vince is returning to the site of his only four wall title where he defeated Dave Chapman, mm-hmm. who was at that point his his doubles partner, um, and you know they definitely won a lot of four wall titles together. So it's really special that they're going in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, and both Southern California guys. Both Southern, exactly. Both Southern California guys. And Vince with his, you know, all-time uh, mark of 10 national three-wall singles titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does he go in as a three-waller or as a four-waller? That's yet to be seen because uh, we have not unveiled his uh, Hall of Fame portrait yet. Uh-huh. So it'll be interesting if he's going to be, you know, on the, with the background of of the beach, or or a three wall court, or you know some of his uh, setting up for a kill in the four wall court. Would you ask him that, or would you go to your committee for that decision? We would we would give Vince his druthers on that mm-hmm. if if you could ever get an answer back. Personally, I think it's three wall. But if you look at his four wall doubles titles, coupled with what he did, you know, winning that singles at the nationals in four wall, right. I think most people actually kind of look deem him as being a four wall player, but what he did on the outdoor three wall court is just unbelievable. That couple, I mean, he was consistently for years in the top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you know, you could flip a coin between him, Chapman, Bike, Naughty Jr., uh, he, Toddy, and and Toddy. Yeah, you know, when uh, he he was one of the best. I, I just remember watching him. Simply, it was in South Bend, Indiana, my first pro stop, uh, and just watching him destroy a young Paul Brady. Mm. And I just wondered, you know, the guys were kind of whispering about it. Suddenly, he just turned it up, and it was like, 
did Paul just say something about his mom or something? Uh, why did he just yeah he just started killing everything like brutally? And uh, that's that's what kind of guy he could be. And obviously that translates to success outdoors on a three ball court. Marcos told me that he played Vince the other day in a practice match over at the LAAC and beat him twenty five to twenty four. Mm. And he said that Vince served four times at twenty four to beat Marcos. So. Oh. That tells you the guy's got game still. Yes. What is he, 46, 45? I would say 47. We He's... saw Vince and Carlos Chavez defeat Emmett and Killian Carroll. That's unbelievable. I, don't, yeah. I just don't, yeah. And that was just a couple years ago. You guys want to do birthdays? Yeah, let's do it. Matt, you're going to kick off the birthdays with a birthday that we didn't even have on our list. Wait, there's one that we don't have on our list? Somebody's fired. <laughs> Here we go, birthdays. Ray Yuri turns 17 this month. Our juniors champ. That guy's good. I well, mean, he really. I think he's he's close to qualifying right now. You know, you would say that the 17 under title would put you on the map, but for me, it was a tournament that he played a month later, the Illinois Championships, where he took down Dane Statkowski. Yeah. I mean, to me, that really announced him. He also beat Sam Esser in that tournament. Right. right. He lost to Dane, beat Sam, and that showed me, wow, this guy is not just a junior player. This guy's on the cusp. Pretty good athlete, too. He just um, wrapped up competing um, in the state tournament for diving championships. Whoa. So, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's a big deal. But, um, yeah, he definitely put his stamp, stamped his name on the national scene with that, with that uh, tournament in Illinois. That's pretty impressive. Peter Function, 26. Peter's a former collegiate national champion, defeated Tyler Stoffel in 2016 in Minnesota. In Minnesota, right. And he looked like he was just on the verge of breaking into the race for eight Elite Eight. Beginning of this season, he starts the season at number nine, faces Marco Chavez in the round of 16, and you thought, well, this is a pretty good opportunity for Peter, and Marco's just destroyed him, giving up almost 20 years and beats him in two straight, and we have not seen or heard from Peter since. I know he's played some Irish events, but not been on the race since. Eric Torres, who for some reason only seems to play one or two race events a year. I'll never get that, as talented as he is. But he's 27. He's coming off a of quarterfinals in Portland where he beat Mondo Ortiz. Now, not many people can say that. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, definitely he had, had a great, great tournament up in Portland. It just presents matchup problems for some players. And you're thinking, okay, so now you've got, you know, your quarterfinals. We'll see you in Montana. And nope. Ghosted. Yes. Right. Crickets. I mean, <laughs> who makes a quarterfinals, defeats a former yeah. number one, then disappears? Oh. Well, he has his life. I guess. Martina McMahon, who, as we've mentioned, has just about every major women's title one wall and four wall to her name right now 24 just 24 god that's unbelievable really ashling riley who might be just as accomplished as martina two straight world titles 12 and 15 she's 30 wow still in her prime that's the handball birthdays let's segue into the celebrity birthdays tail leone 53 Man, when she first came out, when I first saw her, and I believe it was Bad Boys. Is that what, was that the film? Huh. Right? Uh, IMDb. She played the Lady of the Night that they were protecting, Martin Lawrence and... Oh, and uh, Will, Will Smith, Will right? Smith. Uh -huh. Wasn't she in that? I believe. Gosh, she was very attractive. Sean Austin, 48. That's Rudy, right? Rudy or Samwise Ganji? Who, who, who comes to your... 
who instantly is pops that in? from Rudy. Entourage? Samwise Ganji is uh, from Lord of the Rings. Oh. He was uh, Frodo Baggins' sidekick. Was yeah. he in Entourage? Sean Austin? I don't. Uh, Maybe I don't believe so. Confused. Okay. Chelsea Handler, comedian, forty-four. Is she funny? <laughs> I, I'll leave that to you. You're a professional. No, I'm asking comedian. you the question. Is she funny? I've not seen her enough. I don't really watch talk shows, so I don't. I don't know. Sean Austin was in Lord of the Rings, by the way. Yeah. Rashida Jones. Par- okay. Parks and Rec. The Office. She was really fun in The Office. Just played that role perfectly. Probably, I would say, in the best years of The Office. She might have only been in one year, but right. it was kind of like when everything was coming together. Very funny. She's 43. Great on Parks and Rec. Loved her in I Love You, Man with Paul uh-huh. Rudd. Oh, yeah. She just, she's really good. Michael Bolton. Ugh. The King of the Ballad, would you say? 66? I King of something. I King don't. of Walgreens CVS soundtrack. Right. No, that's mm. true. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I have a Michael Bolton ornament. Christmas ornament. How am I supposed to live without you? Yes. You know it. Kate Mara from American Horror Story 36. I like her. She's related to some famous Maras, but the Pittsburgh... The Roonies. Right. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steeler owner, mm-hmm. or is it New York yeah. Giants? Giants? I think it's the, the same Giants family. Both. It's the Maras. same family. Yeah. I think both. Yeah. Was she the girl with the dragon tattoo, or is that her sister? Hmm. Which, by the way, is a film you need to watch. Okay. Speaking of Daniel Craig, who I believe was the star in that film, is also has a birthday, but today. 51. Didn't mean to jump ahead, but... No, I'm glad you did. You know, he's Casino Royale, but he's got so many credits. He's yeah, got to yeah. be one of the top five actors of this generation. I think he's great. He's like our version of Steve McQueen. Right. Hmm. Keeps teasing that he's stopping the Bond movies, but he, comes he just back. keeps. I don't want him out to with stop. Another. Yeah, but they just Bring keep him. Yeah, he's awesome. Gilbert Gottfried is he funny? Sixty four. Uh, yeah. I love Gilbert. It's an Godfrey. acquired taste, okay. but yeah, he. The, he's if so you bad, actually he's dissect, good. if you dissect what he's saying, and and just like, look how he weaves the joke together. Yeah, yeah. He's is that deep. his real voice or is that just an no, act? No, no, it's, it's an, act. an act. Okay. Everything in Hollywood's an act. John Turturro, sixty two. Sixty two yeah. for John. Do the right thing. He's all right. Actor, director, Ron Howard, 65. Opie. Justin Bieber, 25. Justin Bieber is Justin Bieber is one year older than Martina McMahon. That's right. Is he cleaning up his act now that he's married? I mean, do you think sleeping with uh, Haley is uh, cleaning up <laughs> your act? Or? Isn't that his I think wife? it's a step down. I, I guess. I guess they're married. I don't know. I, I can't judge. I'm here to love, you know. John Bon Jovi. I know you're not going to judge him. 57. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, what, what can you say? He's got nice hair. Chris Martin of Coldplay, 42. I thought it was a pretty cold play what he did to Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Nicely done. Hmm. But I guess now they're kind of getting back together in a really? way. Yeah, I mean, I heard recently through, you know, those reliable magazines that you read at the checkout stand at your local they're, retail establishment. Yeah. They're no longer uncoupled? Well, I, he oh, said, yeah. she said, and coupling. he said that they were, you know, the love of each other's lives at their soulmates. Huh. So. So recoupling. He must miss the goop. They might the be replaying. Products. They might be recold playing. Hmm. Actress Rebel Wilson. Pitch Perfect. Also oh. was in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Funny in that. Mm-hmm. She's 39. 
Jessica Beal, 37. Mark Spitz, 69. Jim Brown, 83. Mm. Wow, I can't believe he's 83. Last, what, running back to average over five yards a carry? Really? Yep. For his career or just for, for his, his career? No, he okay. was amazing. For his career. I think Barry Sanders came close and 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 didn't get it but and then he yeah. retired early which right. Barry Sanders came close to Again. being a, you know yeah but the guy was awesome at lacrosse i and mean he changed just, the rules in lacrosse because of him yeah he's, he was so good you unbelievable i think he used to put the ball up against his chest and just sprint right down the field and just you know put huh. it right in the goal and now you have to cradle it up and down the field well he's amazing randy moss 42 one of those guys that when he just would just give that signal where he was just going to... I'm going to try now. I'm actually going to run my route. Fly route. And all you had to do is throw it up. He was going to get it. That was... Uh, wasn't it pretty magical when he went over to the Patriots and, and he and Tom Brady hooked up and all of a sudden he... Randy Moss, who looked like his career was declining. Right. Goes Lit to the up. Patriots and then it was just, he's the best receiver ever. Lit it up. I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady, everyone thought he was throwing all these little dink passes. And then all of a sudden we found out that Brady actually can throw... 70, 80-yard TD passes because Randy Moss was his target. 47 minutes for this last segment. and we Matt, were, Matt's birthday, June 15th. Now it's so, 48 minutes. So you'll be in here for the pre-Nationals podcast as uh, not only to talk Nationals, but to commemorate this this big birthday. Matt no, can't donate. Year. He can't donate to coffees the- to everybody and come in for three hours. Depending on how much hate mail you receive for having me on this podcast, yes, I would love to return. I would love to return. 40. Don't you hate it when you have somebody say, how old are you going to be? You know, 48, 40, whatever, and you're many years younger than that. Oh, yeah. It it has to. I got a phone call one time from, from Mike McDonald. He said, hey, dude, let's play in the 40s together. I go, I go, I'm 32. What are you talking about? Forge my license, I'm 32 years old, and you're asking me to play in the 40s. Are you kidding me? No. It's it it hurts. Actually, it it really hurts. I thought I'd try to pay you back, but stomach punch. It's none of your gut. Not your business. We have to go. All right. It's been a great show. Fun. Thanks, guys. Don't forget the events. And you know what? We're talking about all these events and stuff. Normally, I would wrap up with the dates and all that. Uh No, just look right here on the website. We'll have all that right for you. Everything we talked about, we'll sum it up somehow. I think we should say goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's always nice being had. I think you're on the permanent invite list. It's your show now, actually. Well, you tell us when we do the next one. Yeah, that's actually better. You coordinate it. I'm. Well,. I, I don't read the hate emails back to me. I, I'm, I'm not even going to pay attention. To oh, my you haters. should. Here's one great Trolls. thing. How we close out the show is really great. Mm. Ready for this? Segment 21 <laughs> is now done. I don't mind going to work. It's just that eight-hour wait to go home that's the real buzzkill. They make work fun. Dave and Dave handball sportscasts now on iTunes. You like that or no? Yes. It was I was actually get, episode I was 21. Getting, I was getting stressed out with Dave checking the time on his, on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> um.